Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Swans Big Footy Podcast. My name is Bonds and joining me today is Vaughn. Good to be back. And Swans Rule 100. Good to still be here. <laughs> now we're coming off a very satisfying 28-point win over West Coast in a wet at Subiaco. Vaughn, do you want to give us your thoughts on the game? Yes, except that in the wet bit is maybe a little bit misleading because it only started downpouring. But yeah, I know what you mean. It was a... At the start of the game, it was pretty uh, low quality, I thought, um, because the ground was a bit wet. So I guess I don't think it's one of those games I'm going to replay. I'm pretty happy with the effort, and I was really happy. I know that West Coast have a pretty weak midfield, but I was pretty happy that we managed to lose the hitouts by almost half, but still win the clearances by over 20. So I thought that that was a real sign of, I guess, just how well our midfield is performing as a cohort. And on top of that, I was always really worried with Hanbury out that on the Patterson larger ground, um, it would, you know, it would affect our midfield supply and how we actually got the ball. But no, it didn't seem to. So yeah, I was pretty happy with that effort. Okay, Swans rule. Your points of view on the game. I thought it was quite a good performance, to be honest. Um, Travelling to Perth never easy, though. We seem to make it look easier when we play the hapless old Eagles there these days. Um, look, the standout for me was Luke Parker. I'm surprised Vaughn didn't talk more about Luke Parker because he was epic, and I think we all <laughs> queue, up, queue up to marry him this week after watching that. Yeah, look, I'm in line first, okay? Well, I mean, he, as long he was as you know your place, as long as you know where you are, and that's behind me. <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do anything he needs done because 33 disposals in that those conditions, even the four hitouts, the six tackles, the two goals, he was virtually unstoppable. And in my mind, he was the best player I saw across the week of football. And that you know there were some good performances, but no one stood out more than him. I thought Bird was um, under the radar, but I thought he played a pretty good game. He continues his form as probably arguably our best wet weather footballer, up with Kurt Tippett, who didn't play, of course. Uh, Benny McGlynn, his effort's fantastic. I think his disposal efficiency probably lets him down a little, but you can't fold his heart, especially any time West Coast got a little bit of run of it. felt like McGlynn popped up, like a little energizer bunny. I thought um, Kennedy was solid as usual. Jeddah, I think, is getting better week by week. I think that was probably arguably his best game in terms of the defense and offensive performance. I thought Sam Reid played an excellent game. Kieran Jack looked a little bit under the weather. Um and then I think the biggest shout-outs to the defence, there was a patch there where the ball was in their forward line for at least 10 minutes, it felt like, and we just kept repelling, repelling. They eventually got one goal, but Grundy, Richards, they were they were epic down there. And Laidler continues. I don't know how he couldn't get a game at Carlton, but he's, he's in the, you know, the, arguably the best team in the comp right now and performing week in, week out. Rampy was stellar. I um, was disappointed to see Jones get injured. Of course. Um, oh, how can I not mention Goods as three goals? Um, the only other player I'd mention was that hack, Eric McKenzie, who spent the whole game basically sitting on Franklin and got credited for the bloody draw. Um, on, yeah, he pissed me off the whole game, and I thought the umpiring was bloody appalling. Um, we probably should have won by 10 goals, given our dominance, but, you know, I'll take that. Let's move on. Yeah, my thoughts, well... 
Thanks for the puns, like, reviewed air someone's rule. <laughs> I was just thinking that someone's uh, compensating. Uh, that's what my wife says normally. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Be Happy is behind you in line for Luke Parker, not behind Luke Parker at least. I, I would happily be behind Luke Parker. <laughs> Look, actually, the player I really wanted to give a shout-out to on the weekend, and he does it every week, week in, week out, but Nick Smith, once again, he was, like... We're always going to talk up Grundy, Richards, and Smith most weeks, actually. But on the weekend, did West Coast even have a play kick a goal on him? Like, look, Kras was utterly smashed. And he was getting disposal out of defense. Like, in the pouring rain, he had 19 disposals at 84% efficiency, which is ridiculously good. And the only other player I'd really be talking up over the weekend in a really solid performance was Luke Parker. Again, just, I think we've all talked about some of the great performances we've had from players this year. I mean, we've had Kennedy, who's probably in Brownlow contention, especially with the Ablett injury, and Lance Franklin in recent weeks until the grappling holds of the last two. But... That performance by Parker, I think, has to be one of the best performances by us one this year, if not the best. So I, I can't actually fault him on it. It's the best performance in the wet since uh, my honeymoon. Um, he was fantastic. <laughs> I was going to make some comment about how good Luke is in the wet. Um, look, can you guys just stop cutting my grass? I, I had my eyes on him before he played this game. <laughs> we're, we're um, <laughs> I was actually thinking that he must be he must be pretty close to getting all Australian for this year. He must be, surely. The thing is, like, we've probably got a few players actually talking about all Australian possibilities. Like, if you have a look at our list, Luke Pete Park Grundy. Luke Park would have to be up there. Jared McVeigh is adored by he hasn't had a great year by his standards, but he still hasn't been poor and would almost be around the squad. Josh Kennedy would have to be a lock. Nick yeah. Malczewski would have to be a lock. Look, I think Grundy also Tom Rich- Derricks needs to be a lock. <laughs> Grundy and Richards would have to be in contention. Lance Franklin would close to be being a lock. I one A couple of these players are going to have to miss all Australian selection because you can't have six or seven swans in there. Well, you, you can I think Nick Davis should be the runner of the All-Australian team too. He's been excellent this year. He's fitter than he ever was in his playing days. I know. He runs better than he ever did. He's awesome. Um, I thought um, if we're talking about maybe a villain of the week or the shittiest players of the round, I thought um, Pike was pretty average on the weekend. And I'm a little concerned about um, Lloyd and Cunningham, whether they're sometimes running out of gas. Though Cunningham did a couple of nice things. Cunningham um, but, was tagging on the weekend, though, again. Yeah, so but the player can't, I'm most concerned about who doesn't grab his opportunity is uh, Gary Rowan. Yeah. I was just thinking when you mentioned people who hasn't really performed, like, I guess with Pike, it's really disappointing because with Nick Nat being a laid out, I guess Cox and uh, Lysette, I think. Yeah, Lysette. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I expected Pike to be a lot more dominant, but we were so smashed and we're so lucky that we're so efficient at sharking the opponent's hit-outs because otherwise we'd be in serious trouble. Um, it's, actually, Rowan... it's actually interesting in regards to Mike Pike. I actually feel as if he's better against an athletic Ruckman, not a pure strength Ruckman. Like, 
Lysette or Cox, even though Lysette was has a bit of a combination of both strength and agility, as he showed with a couple of his leaps on the weekend. But look, I don't think um, Pike can ruck as long in a game all around the ground as even Tom Derricks can, but he's a better player. Um, yeah. In an ideal world, Pike would have that support person because, I mean, I, Parker not, and that were giving him the chop out in the forward line. I'm not too concerned about Pike on the weekend. Yeah, he's still only coming back and he only had 22 hitouts, but it's the stuff he almost offers around the ball. Like, his pressure, he had 11 one percenters on the weekend. That's, yeah, that's more than anyone else on our team. In fact, after him, it was Grundy and Richards, but even then, they were fairly decently away. Like, 11 one percenters from a Ruckman is incredible. Yeah, it was more that Dean Cox went from looking like near retirement to 2016 Cox, I thought. No, yeah, I just, I think the Ruck's our weakest area, but it, it almost doesn't seem to matter in our side. He plays his role, which is just to compete and negate the other player, but, you know, he's, he's not doing that much around the ground, but I, I guess continuity of football will improve that as well as the season progresses. Well, what do you guys think? I don't know if I necessarily think it's a good idea, but I'm just thinking that when we had, still had Mumford, uh, he really excelled in his role as a, a, a resting forward when he got to play second rock. Now, I know we don't we don't need any more forwards, but I'm, I don't know. I guess a part of me is almost tempted because Derek's, did no. a lot better than him. <laughs> no. Okay. Look, and the other no. thing is, the other thing is, you've also got a question about Parkes. Look, he had an interrupted preseason. He's had a few injuries this year. Like, how much of that would be affecting him right now? Because when we played against Hawthorne in that grand final, he really just outran the other Hawks Ruckman and kind of used strength to push him to the ground. Like, that was, he was fitter than other Ruckman, and that's what made him a better player, I felt. This year, he's been struggling with his fitness. He can't run out games. How much of that is actually due to injury and a reduced preparation? Who knows? But I guess um, playing continuous football will help that, hopefully, so he'll be right for the finals. And the other thing, I guess, if you look around the league, there's not an abundance of quality Ruckman that there was a few years ago. It's probably only if we come up against, say, a Fremantle in the grand final with Sanderlands that the ruck's a bit more important. But Even without... if you're against Sanderlands coming into a grand final, it isn't going to make a difference. He's going to win all the taps anyway. He doesn't want someone to negate him around the ground. Yeah, exactly. So as long as he can do that and play his role. And I just thought he, I thought the week before he was better and I thought he didn't quite nail that role around the ground as, as well, if I'm being critical from this week. And I'd like to see him do a little bit more but as you said, 11 one percenters. there's no concern over his spot like I have for Gary Rowan, who had the chance, has so many half chances, and you can just see that the skills are there potentially, but it, nothing seems to happen, and then he doesn't get much of the ball, he doesn't get the goal, but he has the seven tackles and he has the effort, and you can just see where it might happen, but I think he needs to get that bloody rod out of his leg or something, because he's just not quite right. I think it's like psychological as well, like so much of it, he strikes me as probably more of a confidence player than Jeddah. Um, so I'm, I'm not saying I think we should persist with keeping him in the side because I personally don't think he deserves it. Um, but on the other hand, I don't know. It's not as though he was playing extremely, extremely well in the reserves either. So I'm, a, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think, but I'm at a loss for what to do with Rowan because you, you can't go him back in the reserves and get him confidence because he doesn't 
really seem to translate that onto the senior team if he can't get a string of performances. He's never been a high position getter at any level, really, has yeah, he? Yeah, he never. He didn't average a huge amount of disposals. But not even so much numbers. Just like in the seniors, I notice he's got a lot of defensive pressure and all of that. But I almost feel like there's not really a willingness to get the ball himself that he had before the injury. Yeah, possibly. I I don't know. I don't think the club's decided what position he is. Is he a forward? Is he a half-back? Is he a, having a run on the in the midfield? Is he the crummer or is he a Look, key target? I, ideally, I think going forward, he's going to be a half-back flank wing type player. But even then, like playing on the wing, for instance, which would be his best role ideally in the future, would be... It's going to be hard because he's still got that rod in his leg. He doesn't quite have that fitness level yet. Like, he has one knock in a game and he's on the bench almost crying in pain. Like, that's going to take a psychological effect on any player, let alone someone who's come back from a big break. Uh, Look, he wasn't as bad as others have made him out to be on the weekend, but if anyone's going to get dropped from that performance, it is Rowan. The other player I did want to ask you guys about, do you believe Jake Lloyd is tiring at the moment? He's had a few weeks in a row now. His disposals have dropped. I was just wondering what your thoughts about it. Does he need a rest? Uh, from the team completely or as sub? Uh, as either a sub or from the team and the reserves completely. I, I do understand that we do have the... We do have the buy in a few weeks' time, though. So. I think if you look at his games, and I, I can't be bothered looking up the stats, he usually gets has one of his bigger games, then he'll have a bit of a lull. Like, he'll go a teens to 20 possessions, then he might get a 10 or so. I don't know. Someone might confirm uh, that. That's, um, that's correct. He has gone up and down over the year in regards to the, his disposals. The like, thing that's pretty steady is his tackles and his work rate and his... You see him around the contest, so I, I think that he's fine in the team. I think in our best 22 going forward with Hanbury Shaw, tip it back, he probably gets to stay in there ahead of other people because of the pace he offers, um, but he's probably the first-choice sub, similar to how Luke Parker rode out the 2012 year. Uh, I don't think he needs a rest because we've got a bye coming up, and given the injuries we have anyway there's, and the, the fact that we don't lose when he's in the team, he stays in until we lose at the very least, so... But I think I'm happy with how he's developing. You're going to get those little smaller possession games. It just happens, I think. I don't think he's necessarily overly fatigued, but I don't know what you guys think. Well, for me, I think maybe it's a little oversimplistic, but I don't feel like he played out the whole season. So in that regard, he's still kind of like fresh, if you know what I mean. Because like, he only debuted, I don't know, three weeks ago or maybe longer. I've got no sense of time. But played in every win. Yeah, he's played 11 games now in a row. Wow, I really have no sense of time. He's the four-league uh, uh, Well, Yeah, I, I don't really... I guess, you know, young players are notorious for being inconsistent, so I guess I echo a lot of what SR um, was saying. But, wow, really, that's... Yeah, quick season. I can't believe we're 11, 13, 14 games in. It's insane. 15 games in, actually. <laughs> 15 games in. Um, may as well move on and go on through the season. We do have Carlton this week, who seemed to find a little bit of form against a quite hapless St Kilda on the weekend. 
Look, I, I think the key to stopping Carlton will actually be stopping the forward line that they've set up at the moment, especially Casbolt. Seems to have fixed up his kicking and he's a bloody good contested mark. So Richards and Grundish will need to come across and cut off the ball a bit, but I'm not too concerned about this one. Swansworth, what are your thoughts on the Carlton game? Oh, look, unless Mick Malthouse has a DeLorean and can go back and get 2006 Chris Judd, they've got no chance in hell of beating the Swans at the SCG. I think uh, Malthouse has a good coaching record against Sydney, but no, I've watched them most weeks. They're pretty average, ordinary side, and I think we'll account for them easily. No one really worries me in that team. They'll probably bring weight back, and he's actually talented, but he's undisciplined. Their defence is right ever. It's actually been one of their... Better tries that when I've watched. Dale Thomas is pretty good. Everett would probably actually be leading their best and fairest right now. He's been really good for Carlton this year. Yep, that says it all because he's mean <laughs> not that good. Uh, uh, actually, that's a bit flippant. He is, I quite like Everett and I'm impressed with what he's been able to do at Carlton, but he's not a star player. And for him to be leading your best and fairest, I think, sums up where that list is at. I don't think they know if they're rebuilding or what they're doing. So. I guess it's just more as long as our attitude's right and our approach is right, then we should win. But I'd expect it to be one of those wins where we take the foot off the accelerator probably. So I'm not going to go with any outlandish sort of predictions, but a comfortable win. Okay, Vaughn, what are your thoughts on the Carlton's game this week? Okay, um, first of all, I just want to say that I got the debut time confused with Jack, Zach Jones. So, anyway, moving on, aside from that. Um, I've got to echo a lot of what um, SR said. I don't really have anything more to add than that. But I actually went on the Colton board a bit earlier earlier this week um, to read kind of their views on the match, get a different perspective. And I was really surprised to see that the Colton, the majority of the Colton posters still don't really rate Laidlaw. Like the way they see it is that he's just a fringe player that's, you know, going to get dropped at any minute whereas I feel that Layla has been quite consistent. So I actually wanted to get, you know, your opinion, like a different Swans opinion as opposed to a Carlton one. Personally, right now, I can't see Layla getting dropped anytime soon unless Alex Johnson miraculously fully recovers from his injuries. <laughs> to me, so, Layla's like um, a wicketkeeper in cricket. The you don't notice him if he's doing his job and you don't notice him because he's not making mistakes. He's just playing the game and taking his man and helping out in that team defence. And as long as he plays his role, which seems pretty clearly defined, then he stays in the team. Carlton, I don't think, had a clearly defined role for him and they're a disorganised unit. So, of course, he's not going to be any good there. So, in an organised, well-structured, well-coached, disciplined lineup, he's an effective player and worthy spot going forward. I guess for me, it was just funny to see how highly they praised Everett, you know, who deserves the praise, but how highly they praised him and how, I guess, flippant they were about uh, Layla's, Layla's performance with us. But I guess that is to, to be expected. They've used Everett to perfection though, this year. Like, they've had a shocking year, and I really would question Malthouse as a coach right now, as I think he's a little bit past it. But. The way they've used Everett has been nothing short of amazing. Like, they've been able to free him up around the stoppages, get that loose ball out, and just use him as an outside link-up player, and he's done that really well. Like, his statistics against St. Kilda on the weekend are 
were pretty good, like 23 disposals at 95, 96% efficiency and two goals with four goal assists. That's yeah, pretty good so game. By yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, in all honesty, I, think had Emmer, I don't think, I still think he's probably, he's the same player but with more confidence. That's I, just I, honestly, I, think. I just think we're a better outfit. Look, in all honesty, I actually am really hoping that we actually use someone and tag him on the weekend. I, I personally, I think Cunningham would almost be a basically a good matchup. I know Cunningham doesn't have the height Everett does, but Everett's never really been a great contested mark. So I think, yeah, if we can use Cunningham when Everett's moving around the ground, that'll be a good matchup. As long as we can apply pressure to him, I'm not too concerned about the damage he can do to us. The problem I see for Carlton is when, and I don't watch them regularly, but to me, Lockie Henderson's almost their best forward, but he's also their, arguably their best defender. And they're, yeah, they're, there's some weird people in that team. Like that, um, Menzel looks good and he won the rising star. He looks, and White looked good on the weekend, but I mean, he's in and out of the side. I'm not sure if they're trying to rebuild or what they're trying to do. They occasionally pick the youngsters, but they've actually got one of the older lists. I think they're up there with us in terms of age and Hawthorne and some of those. The rest of the teams who are up in the higher reaches of the ladder have a similar age bracket to them. So they're a weird team, Carlton, but, you know, Brock McLean, Judd, Murphy, they're all good players. Gibbs is all right, but, you know, no no real concerns there. Yeah, like, for example, if you think West Coast, you think Kennedy. If you think Fremantle, you think Fife or Pavlich, you know, or someone like that. But when I hear Colton, I don't really think of any player. Mark yeah, I think Murphy. More underbelly. Or... <laughs> the, are, the, or... <laughs> the main player I think of when I hear Carlton, I just think Mark Murphy. Stop him, then he stopped Carlton. I just think of Judd with his arm yeah, straps and dying from carrying his teammates. I just think of Voldemort. <laughs> that is actually a very apt description. Yeah, it's... Um, Chris it's Judd is Voldemort. On the Carlton St Kilda game, as an aside, how shit are Adam Schneider and Trent Dennis Lane? Like, they're not missed at all. And just while we're bagging up ex-players. Also I wouldn't mind having St Kilda players. Can we also bag out um, Tommy Walsh? Or can we not do that because he's still on our list? He no, won't be for much longer. Okay. He won't be for much right. longer. Jesse White didn't play on the weekend, did he? No, he got dropped. Yeah, that's not working out for him, is it? <laughs> that's, um, that really surprises me. The game, the Collingwood games I watched earlier in the year, he actually was quite good. Well, not quite good, but yeah, well, actually, yeah, actually, he was quite good. And then they made the same... Year. They made the same mistake with Jesse White that we did. They expected too much from him, and they put him in a position that doesn't suit him. He isn't they a tried ruckman. To make him a ruckman. Yes, yeah. exactly. We finally worked that last year, and then they went back to what we used to do with him. I just don't get it. Like they've got Travis Cloak, and he'd just be the perfect second rock. I don't understand why they aren't using him. Oh, I don't understand. Because you, you don't throw. Oh, go ahead. Throw a million dollar forward into the ruck. It's, it's like us putting Buddy in the ruck, putting Travis Cloak in the ruck. Well, if we had Kurt Tippett fit, maybe, but... I don't know. That's a big I mean, they've if. got it. Well, who have they got in the reserves at Collingwood? Like, Quentin Lynch is still... Is he still kicking about? Ben yeah, Hudson? he's still on their list, Quentin Lynch. Um, yeah, look, they're gone. I, I honestly think you play Wits as a second forward and maybe 
use Grundy as the main ruckman, but then again, this isn't a Collingwood podcast, so might have to give it a chance for listening. <laughs> oh, I'm, we're all just concerned for them, so. Well, yeah. well okay, um, as much as I would like to be concerned about Collingwood after what Eddie McGuire has said about us over the last year and a bit, I will enjoy any misery they have. That, that segue. SR, that segue. You know what? he's just set you up for an Eddie rant. I told him I don't have my notes ready for the Eddie rant. <laughs> I'll come off a long run another time. Maybe when we play Collingwood again, which won't be till next year. <laughs> You'll be replaced by then. Look, guys, we may as well start. May as well start finishing this up. Uh, Swans Raw, what's your worst nightmare and sure thing for this week? Oh, look, the worst nightmare would probably be that Chris Judd somehow recaptures his 2006 form after I said he was past it, so, you know, puts us to the sword. Um, most at stake is probably Gary Rowan because, look, he's going to get another chance, I would imagine, given the injuries and stuff, so he's going to play. If he starts a full game, this is his chance to put some sort of case forward to be in the side going towards the finals, otherwise I think he's gone for the year, so he's got the most at stake. Um, sure thing, I'm tempted not to say it, but I'm going to be bold and say it. I think we're not going to lose another game for the rest of the year. Somewhere in America, Punts is having a heart attack after you've said that. <laughs> <laughs> he's more likely to... Okay, I'm not going to go there, actually. <laughs> he's just gone down and he's having a heart attack after you've said that. <laughs> well, he- I think he's decided this week's a danger game for anyone worried, and the, and, um, the weather will be wet, I think. It might be it won't. Concern. won't be wet. Mm. Okay, Vaughn, your sure thing and worst nightmare? Um, I've noticed we all start with worst nightmares. So I'm going to start with my sure thing, and that is we're going to win. It's not going to be a very like convincing one. It's going to be a bit like the West Coast game. We might pepper, pepper the goals a bit, um, but yeah, I don't really, I don't know about you guys, but I don't feel like this game is that important. Like I know that doesn't make sense. Every single game is worth four points, but at this stage, I know it sounds crazy, but I feel like Hawthorne just lost Brian Lake for four weeks. They've got lots of injuries. Other teams are coming down with injuries. I just. I want us to start maybe thinking about list preparation and, you know, keeping the players fresh. Like, it, it doesn't even mean that they have to change up a lot, but just more stuff like taking the foot off the pedal a little in the fourth quarter or just, just something like that because ultimately, I don't know if you guys feel it, but if, if we don't at least make the grand final, it's going to be a bit – it's going to look a bit embarrassing. So, um, look, my worst nightmare is that we, um, we get another injury. Or that Tippett doesn't come back for a while. Tippett will be back after the Hawthorne game and the bye. I think we're just giving him a bit of a rest to get that knee 100%. If we were playing a finals, a big game this week, he'd play. Um, that being said, my worst nightmare for the week is... Scary monsters. <laughs> nah, that isn't... They're, daily, they're nightly occurrences now. <laughs> No, look, my worst nightmare for the week is Mick Malthouse pulling one of the old... For years, Mick Malthouse, Collingwood coach teams, haunted me in my sleep. 
I'm worried about him pulling out another masterpiece out of his rat crazy head. But I sure thing. Eddie Maguire to complain after another solid Swans victory. He'll blame the new collar allowances, the depth in our team, or even the reserves competition that we have up there, saying that Nifl being an easier league to play in is better to develop our youngsters or something ridiculously stupid along those lines because he has to find something to complain about that has no logic to it whatsoever. I actually don't mind Eddie Maguire when he hosts the hot seat. Just just throwing that out there, bit of trivia. Okay, Vaughn. Look, I think we're done <laughs> listening to you for the podcast. Look, anyways, guys, thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Have a great night. Night.